Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Hey guys, happy week. (laughs) Whenever you are choosing to listen here, I'm just thankful that you are. Um, For me, it is Saturday afternoon and I just sat down to kind of reflect on the week. I had a lot of common questions coming up surrounding the nature and work of therapy, um, who should go, how to find a therapist, what's it going to be like once I get there, how do I know when I'm done, how often should I go, um, just lots of people trying to field and kind of feel out what therapy might look like for them if they were to start. And so I thought, man, when those things start to become like breadcrumbs along the way, I feel like there's lots of people reaching out regarding kind of that process. I'm like, I might as well just sit down and do it in one fell swoop and let you all in on that as well. So here are my thoughts about therapy. Um, I'm going to start off with, which, which, with what I think is most important. What's the point? Okay. What's the point of therapy? The point of therapy is total restoration. Total whole person restoration. That's the point. We go to therapy so that things will actually change and that we will actually walk away whole and better. If you are not having that, then either your work is not done or you need to pair with a therapist that's going to help you get to some like some activation or things to start becoming different. Um, I believe that the point of therapy really is that people get all the way better. I, I mean it. Like I, I'm like, part of me was thinking when, when I was reflecting this week was if that's not the goal, then I'm not totally sure what I believe about therapy then. Like if our, our goal couldn't just be to go part way or to get like semi better or have symptom relief, I'm like, no, like when I'm working with somebody, my goal isn't to help them return to baseline. It's to heal, get to baseline and then go forward, that things will actually get better and hopeful and that there's life and there's evidence of things shifting and being different and there's hope and like it it has to get all the way to there. So I think, I do think that sometimes we bail out before we get to there in therapy because at least the trauma is over, the crisis is over, I'm sleeping better, I feel better, but we don't always hang in for therapy to get all the way to the point of oh, hell yeah, this is my life. <laughs> like, like to the point of like, I love showing up in my life. I love who I am and I love how I fit in my body and in my relationships and in my mind and in my story and, 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 and all the ways that I do in my life. That is what the point of therapy is. So starting off with a big swing, <laughs> which is what's the point of therapy? Total restoration, whole person restoration, whole life restoration. That's what I believe. That's what I think it's for. So um, yeah, that question, <laughs> I'm leave that one there. Um, also people were wondering, how do you find a therapist? And 
I think therapy is such a personal experience that there's a couple ways to do that. I do think it's absolutely okay to ask for a word of mouth referral. I think a lot of times we want to know like who's good in town or who, if you've seen someone do good work, you kind of want to know who they've been doing good work with. Um, so word of mouth for a trusted referral. Um, I also like to look at therapist websites. I want to see like, what are they saying? What are they about? What can I gather from their language? Um, and maybe also starting with what do you need? Is gender important to you? Um, is proximity important to you? Is accessibility important to you? Is is technological like savviness? How about just a therapist returning your phone call? <laughs> like maybe that's important to you. Um, I would just consider like what is it that you're looking for? Because not everybody is looking for the same thing when they think about going to go out and pursue therapy. Um, and then I also like to think about what need am I going for this time? Okay. So there are times where I have needed to do family of origin work. There have been times where I've wanted to do work on my own parenting. There have been times I have been looking for experiential therapy or trauma therapy or EMDR specific therapy. So there's just a broad range of why we go to therapy and getting clear on that might also help you narrow down your search for the therapist that's right for you. Um, so different modalities, because I just kind of went into that a little bit too. So EMDR, I talk about that pretty often on here. It's eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. It is an incredibly effective form of experiential therapy that helps to treat um, trauma. And the way that we kind of understand trauma is trauma is anything that is other than nurturing. Okay, Trauma is anything other than nurturing. So people tend to disqualify, minimize, or compare away their pain sometimes so we just don't have to deal with it because it's not as bad as that girl's or that guy's or all of Africa. And so we just tend to just blow it off. So if we understand the definition of trauma as anything other than nurturing, then we understand that there is room for all of us to take care of the parts of our story that are still activated. And what I mean by activated is if I said, okay, um, you and me were sitting here together in the trailer and I asked you just like talk to me about your life. And if there is any part of your story as you're telling it that gives you a, a lump in your throat, um, a, feel, a tightness in your chest, you, your breathing shifts, um, you, your body is activating or reacting in any way, then that part of your story, there's still an invitation for us to do some work there. The, the way that we know we are experiencing total restoration is when I can, in a connected way, so it's not like I'm dissociating from my story, but in a connected way, talk to you about my story without having my whole body feel like I'm going to like fall apart or I'm going to start crying or I'm not going to hold it together or I can't breathe or I'm like when you're, when I'm, my body is not having this radical physical response and I'm also not dissociating. <laughs> so we would like to be in a place where we can hold the different parts of our story and feel like I can hold all these pieces and instead of it feeling like a hot potato, I can say these are the, these are the, the parts and pieces of me and this is how it fits together in a timeline and how it's made me me and, and I'm okay with that. Like I, I can look at it. I can look at the ugliest, hardest, worst, most traumatic piece and say that belongs to me. So I think I'm going <laughs> to go on a rabbit trail for a second, but um, I would like to uproot a myth for a moment. We do not ditch these parts of our stories. We don't just say, 
oh, if that part of me isn't serving me, I just cut it out. And I hear this happening on social media and or in like pop people who want to talk about psychology and honestly don't have any business <laughs> talking about it. Um, sorry, that was kind of rude, but that's, I'm just going with it. Um, it's bad information, okay? Our point is integration. Our point is to be able to pick up, reconnect, partner with, make room for, bring home, collect, embody, embrace, absorb, put back together, hold. There's like, we are, that's what we want to do. So we do not want to leave a part of our story like the stepchild in the basement, okay? Our point is that we would say, oh, starving, hurting stepchild come up from the basement and let's get you a seat at the table and make room for you and and hold you till you heal. Like our purpose in therapy sometimes is to go on this mission for the lost kid and to bring that person in and help them learn how to be grown up into the rest of us so that all of the different parts of us can kind of come to the table in a similar way. My healthy 8-year-old self, my healthy 14-year-old self, my healthy 21-year-old self, my healthy 34-year-old self, that all of the different versions of who I am have reached healing and can show up with me and we can live life. So when I think about wanting to kind of like kind of uproot that myth regarding just if it's not serving you cut it or tell Brenda to take it you know to get out of the car it's like no Brenda gets to stay (laughs) Brenda gets to stay in the car the different parts of us that we would like to not be there we don't kick them out we we draw them close um (laughs) jumping back jumping back to what's the to how do you find a therapist would be getting clear about what you're looking for understanding the different modalities of therapy experiential therapy is also a really fun way to do therapy I think and it helps us move through our story without just saying things so what I mean um, experiential therapy is don't tell me show me and so the kind of point and purpose of that is instead of just talking through some of the things that we've been through, can we also move through it? Because we can tend to get stuck in our body when we're telling something that's really painful and or traumatic or uh, disconnected. And so experiential therapy allows us different ways to um, engage action in order to find healing. Um, Other forms of therapy, CBT is very popular. I think that it's a very concrete way to understand the work of therapy. I like to think of it as like the skeleton, like it was a very important part of how the field of psychology gained traction. Um, But then we need to put flesh on that. And, and again, this is just, that's just my perspective. It's my perspective that CBT needs some flesh. (laughs) Otherwise it feels kind of boring and impersonal and rote and like something that you can just like learn in a book and do. But the work of therapy, um, working with me or anyone on my team is personal, um, and deeply personal. And it goes beyond what we can just take from a CBT triangle on Pinterest. Um, other forms of therapy, psychodynamic, um, psychoanalytic, person-centered, humanistic. Um, and honestly, you guys, like, inside all of some of that, like, mumbo-jumbo is the real necessity to connect with a human being who gives a damn about you. The work of therapy has to be a mutually sacred space 
where we learn how to, both of us, show up for the point of healing. Okay, so just some other things I would think about when looking for a therapist is, yes, word of mouth, yes, websites, yes, even their social media, um, and just really thinking about the type of work you're wanting to do, and then looking for the therapy and or style of therapist that is right for you. Um, I do not recommend starting with like five therapists at once and then seeing which one is the best. This is not like Bachelor in Paradise, okay? So um, I would like somebody to give me three sessions to really see if we are a good fit. And just so you know, it's mutual. Um, there are, it's also important for therapists to think about if the person that they're working with is a good fit for them as well. And that's a mutual decision. So I think three minimum would be a fair shake in regards to understanding what they're looking for and if I'm a good fit or if someone on my team is a good fit to provide that. So yeah, I think that three solid dates, if you will, is a good way to investigate the connection and then go from there. Also, instead of ghosting said therapist, it's also okay to say, hey, um, this is where I'm at. This is kind of what I'm looking for. Do you even have a recommendation for me? Because it, also that's not offensive. If I had someone I was working with was like, oh, at least like, you know, this is kind of what I'm, I'm needing. I have got great recommendations for you and would love to help you find the person that's the right fit. That's the whole point is learning how to use our voice to advocate for what we need and then getting that thing that we need and then getting better and living our life. Like that's, that's good news. <laughs> that's good news. Um, what if I've already been to therapy and worked on a lot of stuff? I love this question because, um, okay, so I had a person I did an intake with recently and I said, listen, I can see from your form that you've done a lot of work. So permission to, if you have worked on something and you're like, done it, I'm going to trust you. And permission slash invitation that if that concept comes back up and we realize that actually it does need, we do need to circle around on it again, then circle around on it again, then it's permission to come aboard. So when I go to therapy now, there have been, there's plenty of things that I have I really do feel like I'm like, that is like done and good. I, that's not, that's not unresolved for me. I feel like it's done. And so sometimes I'll have a therapist who still wants to poke on certain things. And I'm like, I really believe that that's done. And should it need to arise again, then I hope you'll trust me to know that it will. And I think that's okay too, to be able to say that these are the parts of my story I'm here to work on. Therefore, I don't know that I really want to do a deep dive on my childhood right now uh, because it'll probably take me 16 sessions and I'm really here to work on this. So I think it's okay to communicate that with our therapist to come in with the things that we are actually looking for, work, clarity or whatever. And if that thread is then connected to a piece of your childhood that still needs some work, groovy, like then, then we do that work. All of it is material and all of it is appropriate for the table when it needs to be on there. And you also are a part of that conversation. You also know when things need to be on there and when they don't. So you get, you get, you need to have a voice in therapy. And if there are things that you have not addressed with your therapist, I would encourage you to put them on the table. Um, one of the questions I like to ask sometimes is what have you not told me? What have you not told me? Who have you not told me about? Um, what is something that you said that you would never tell? <laughs> and do you want to revisit that? You know, because sometimes, like I said, it's like the negative space. It's what's not happening. It's who hasn't been mentioned. It's it's the part of the story that just isn't being told. And that's an important part um, for therapist and person to perceive. What does it feel like? Um, what does therapy feel like? 
I, I think sometimes it feels ex- like exposing, like I'm being, I'm being more seen than I've, than I thought possible. Sometimes it feels like shaky, vulnerable, like this is hard stuff and can, it can feel exhausting. Um, it can feel maddening. <laughs> like I don't want to deal with this. It can feel cathartic, like, oh my gosh, I just needed to like cry that out, feel that out, say that out loud and have someone else witness that. It can feel radically empowering. Like I never knew it could be this good empowering. I never knew that like, like this, like dashing, like like dashing through preconceived notions. Um, it can feel extremely connective. I feel very connected to the therapists that I have worked with and very connected to the people that I work with. So I think that there's like a mute, there's a relationship that is for me. And so I think you feel in sync sometimes and known and connected. I have showed up in the same outfit. <laughs> some of my people before I'm like, we're just in it. We're, we're on the same wavelength. Um, it can feel sad. I can feel anxiety producing. I think that, Honestly, therapy sometimes is a place we go to feel. And believe it or not, that's like really what we need is the opportunity to pause our everyday life and actually feel in safe company with a solid guide who can take us through those feelings into something else. And I think, again, this is where I think people tend to bail is it, it's, they feel too much. And that is why we are not just talking to a friend is why we're talking to a therapist so that way we can get to the other side of those feelings, learn to hold the hot potato a little longer till it cools down. And then we realize that we can do something with it. So I can't like stress enough the importance of when we find a good therapist, it's someone who's equipped to actually help us equipped to walk us through that and who's had the training and knows how to, to do this type of work. Um, so that might sound like a, I don't know if that sounds negative at all. When I talked about like the different feelings that come up in therapy, but that's, that's real. You should expect to feel things. You should expect to feel a lot um, because you already are. That's the point. You've already felt these things. Now you're having a chance to uh, release them when you go to the work of therapy. So I think that whatever it is that arises, that is, this is this poem by Rumi about the guest house and how we just welcome that feeling and we welcome that memory and we welcome that part of our story and we welcome that part of ourself and we invite that person in and we, we sit them down and we say, let's, we've got some business to do. <laughs> we've got a conversation to have, be had um, because I am in conflict with that part of my life, right? So what does it feel like? It feels like all the things and then it doesn't. Because it relieves. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't feel bent up or trashed about that. I don't feel, I feel like okay about that. And that's the point. Again, back to the point of therapy is to feel better about the thing. It should not feel charged still. It should become a neutral thing. Like, yeah, that happened, but it's not the boogeyman anymore. It's like, it's what it is. It becomes more objective. Um, how do I know when I'm done? Talk about it with your therapist. You guys talk about it. If you want to know if you're done with therapy, explore it. Hey, here are some things I think I'm done. What do you think? What do you think? Therapist, person who knows me. Um, let's have that conversation. Also, this is, and this is kind of part of the next question, how often should I go? Um, could you decide? 
Like, was it, would it be okay if you decided or, or again, talked about it with your co-creator of the space, the therapist, about maybe every week is too much and maybe every other week feels like a right amount of time. Um, what if you went like every week for 30 minutes or every other week for an hour and a half? Or like, I don't, I don't know, can we get a little more creative than the standard 15 minute hour every once a week and not let insurance dictate our experience? <laughs> she asks innocently. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking that when we're doing this work, that it, sometimes it needs all the time that it needs and that we can get creative with thinking about why that was set up in the first place and how much time we actually need. I um, have a person that I do 30 minute like bullet sessions with and I'm like, oh, that is that is super powerful. We get exactly what we need done. Um, and we, we do that twice a week rather than once a week for like the standard 50 minutes. So I don't know. I'm throwing some thoughts out there. I also like the idea of like, I've seen a therapist. I did a a long session. I did a a three hour session and I did that once a month for a while because I just need, I needed to do, I need to go deep into some work. I needed a longer amount of time to do that. So I just think that there's flexibility and if you can find a therapist who might get creative with you, then you might be able to kind of get a better feel for what it is you actually need since you're taking the time to go and do that. Um, I also have often needed a therapist that would see me remotely because I've got kids and don't have childcare or because I can't leave work or because of the million other things. And so I also appreciate having a therapist that I can have access to and is willing to do some work with me um, via phone, FaceTime or whatnot. Um... So back to the, how do I know when I'm done? You also don't have to go forever. I think that like, so I'll, I'll be super frank and clear when I'm the client, when I go to therapy, there are times where I know that it's like for a specific reason, I need EMDR for that exact moment of that, of that, of, that, of my life period. And then when that episode is done, then I am done with that part of therapy. There have been times where I've been in therapy for years consistently because there was so much unpacking to do. I I could not stop that process and needed to commit to it. There have been times where I've gone and it's been like three months of like just a reset. So again, I encourage creativity and conversation with the other person that you're doing therapy with. Like, so what's working? What's not working? How often should we meet? How long should we meet? And can we revisit that? So that way we are in open dialogue about, okay, cool. And how about Here's some things, do something with it, and then come back so that it's action-oriented. Like, there are times where I'm like, we can't just keep having the same conversation, right? Like, it would only make sense that we talk, realize, come to a moment of insight, have something that's challenging us, have something that's encouraging us, have invitation to do something with said thing in our actual real life, see how that goes, then come back and like, be like, okay, how'd that go? Like, what's what's happened? What's changed? What's different? What are you noticing? And I think sometimes like what I noticed is that when we were, I was meeting too often, and I do think that weekly can be too often sometimes that there wasn't enough time for change to happen. And then people are like, well, I don't know if it's working. It's like, yeah, no kidding. We've been gone for like four days from each other and we need some more time so that you can actually marinate in, in what it is that you're learning and get into action. And then we, and then we flow. So I put it back on the drawing board. What frequency works for you? What can you do creatively to make sure that you get what you need? So I usually tell the people I work with, feel it out. And if you feel like two weeks has gone by and you're like a million things have happened and I needed to talk to you, well, then we know we need to bump up our frequency. But if a week goes by and you're like, I 
totally didn't even do anything that I was supposed to do and I don't even know where to begin today. Okay, sounds like two weeks is a better flow for you. Play with it, you guys. You know, we're not getting married. We're, <laughs> we're, we're trying to like have a working relationship that's healthy and works for you and is effective for you. And then that can change too. So you can ebb and flow. There's people I see weekly that then go to every other week, that then go to once a month, that then come back weekly, um, that take a year off, that then come back. It's been years and then all of a sudden they're back. Um, yeah, in, in, enjoy it. Use it like that. Um, other than that, I have seen too many things in the media recently not to talk about the importance of mental health and the importance of taking care of it. You guys, mental health is a real, um, it's a, I'm, I'm talking about like, even in the language, mental health, it's something we have to take care of. It's not a given. So when we think about our physical health and wellness and taking care of our bodies, we don't, I mean, most of us <laughs> don't just get this banging body and uh, metabolism. We have to do something to take care of ourselves. We have to eat a certain way and we should most likely be exercising a certain way. And like, there are things that go into that. And mental health is, is the same thing. We need to make sure that we are also aware of the stories we're telling ourselves, how much trauma we're carrying, how much stress we're carrying, um, how much anxiety we're carrying, how much depression we're carrying. You guys, these are important things and we need, I'm clapping here, so <laughs> we need to take care of our mental health um, because it is just as important as our physical well-being and it is connected, you guys. Um, I'm going to give you a total full disclosure uh, I don't know how many months ago it was now, but I literally, this is what I say to my husband, Jesse, I think I'm developing asthma. And he's like, okay, like, mind you, he's like an EMT right now, right? And so he's like, okay, so like, what are your symptoms? And I'm like, I, don't know, I was like having this really hard time breathing and I felt like this weight on my chest and it was like, I like, I think I'm getting asthma. And then he asked me like, like what type of exercise I was doing. I was like, no, that, I mean, I wasn't like, I was just sitting in my chair and he's like, uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Here's the irony. You guys, that's called anxiety. And it has physical presentations. And here I am, a therapist in my office, feeling anxiety. And you know what I think I have? Asthma. Because <laughs> you know what's more socially acceptable than anxiety? Asthma. And you know what doesn't make any sense is when you're not running, <laughs> you can't breathe. Um. What we cannot see within ourselves, you guys, what I could not see within myself, I was dying. I, I laughed so hard, I might have peed myself a little bit and fell on the floor. Because, how you guys, come on, right? The irony. It also was a massive eye-opening thing in regards to the idea of reference pain. Like, I was willing to take care of my shortness of breath and the, air quotes, asthma, but what that was referring to was actually my overall health and the stress or slash anxiety I was feeling like, hello, invitation body. Thank you for showing me that I have something I need to take care of and that I don't have adult onset asthma. <laughs> you guys, sometimes we experience things in our bodies that are a clue slash invitation for us to take care of body pain, chronic fatigue, um, phantom pain, triggers in our body, nausea, uh, headaches, startle response, sweaty palms, racing heart, inability to fall asleep. All of these body responses are invitations to find out where is that coming from 
and what is living in my body right there. Is that an unfelt feeling? Is that a memory? Is that something I need to address? Most likely, yes. You do not have to do that alone. Like You can do that in the presence of someone who has been there and knows how to help you from there. That's therapy. So those are my thoughts this week, that it's important for us to consider our mental health just as much as we consider our physical health. Um, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to mention it here now. I really believe in an integrated, holistic form of healing. I, I have a online, fully remote group of phenomenal women who are all gifted in their field, body, mind, and spirit to help take care of some of these things. Um, my vision was that I wanted women specifically all over the country to have access to excellent healthcare in a collaborative way. So that when I'm working with someone and I'm like, ah, gosh, you know what? I really wish that they could go meet with this Enneagram coach um, and really hone in on their type and then be able to like, that'd be really great if I could get on board like a health coach right now because there's some body soft sh- body stuff showing up like and then I'll, I'm like what the heck what if I just like invited like the the best people I know in those specific parts of the field and we just did something together online so there's a team it's called Radical Wellness Collaborative you can check us out online it's radicalwellness.co and there's an Enneagram coach who I'm going to interview here soon and you guys do not even want to know one I'm I have been retyped. I will talk to you more about that later. Um, I have a spiritual director. She's amazing. And and it is for people like in all the different folds of faith practices, Um, construction, deconstruction, need of reconstruction, um, a beautiful person to help us examine living a a spiritually awake life, two kick-ass therapists who I adore and when I look for therapists to be on this team, I want honest women. That is a really important factor to me. I do not want therapists who smile and nod. I'm sorry. I don't. That's not what you're going to get from radical wellness. The point is that things actually get different and we're going after total whole person restoration. Um, Aurora, she's the person I'm doing an event with coming up as well. And we are doing some fun things when it comes to movement. She is a self-care advocate. She has her background in behavioral health. She specializes in women's health and being able to help us understand our relationship to food, our relationship to our body and how we care for it. She'll do online virtual yoga, you guys. Like, like every, I think that the things that we need, why not access them all in one place? So check us out this week um, and let me know what other questions you have about therapy. I'd love to be able to help answer that and I'd love to be able to help refer you to somebody in my team. Um, partially because I love the work that we're doing and partially because it's really nice to have easily accessible Um, guides wherever you are. Like you don't have to be in Dana Point to have that happen. You can be anywhere um, and we're all available online to meet you. So other than that, um, I want to encourage you and challenge you. And if you were today here with me in the trailer, I would say, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing for yourself? What are you doing to take care of you? I don't want you to just listen anymore. That's right. I don't want you to just listen anymore. I don't want you to just be a person who listens to this podcast and then is alone. I want you to be, and I'm going to invite you to be a person who uh, gets into some change and gets into some action. What do you need? 
what do you need this week? Do you, do you need conversation? Do you need movement? Do you need meditation? Do you need mindfulness? Uh, do you need a new way to think about your food? Do you need a new way to talk to your partner? Do you need help with your parenting? Are you stressed out about back to school? Like what type of assistance, coaching, compassion, guidance, friendship, what do you need? And what can we do so that you get to show up to your life as more than a listener, but as somebody who is actively engaged in a life that they didn't even know was possible, but are sure as hell glad they found out that it is and can be this good. And you guys, it can be. Where I used to feel like cosmic evidence that life is hard and shit happens, I now feel like on the other end of the spectrum that I get to be this cosmic evidence that in the face of sometimes the biggest shitstorms, the most beautiful life is possible. That I can like laugh without the fear of the other shoe dropping and I can <laughs> have fun and live large and love deeply and have meaningful friendships and come out of the fire and not even smell like smoke. Whole person healing is possible. Total whole life restoration is possible. And it's the whole point. Let's get after that this week. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you are interested in beginning your own work in therapy or coaching, you can go to www.elisesnipes.com. Follow me on Instagram at Elise Snipes Collective, where I will be sharing more with you throughout the week. You can get in touch with me to suggest a topic for the show or to ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered. Or just say hi by emailing me at Elise at Remember to subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends.